covering the grandkids in prayer and believing for their salvation and inviting us every chance to come and spend the night so they could on a Saturday so they could take us to church on Sunday. How many have had praying grandparents? Raise your hand. Amen. Yeah, all over. So don't give up praying for your grandbabies. And parents, don't give up praying for your kids too if they're away from the Lord. Let's stand together this morning. Um, we want to go to the Lord today in prayer. I want to pray for Pastor Glenn. He is not feeling well this morning. And so he asked me to step in for him. So um, forget about the notes in your bulletin this morning, the welcome packet. And so I'm just going to share from my heart today. And so we're, but we want to pray for him because he needs a touch from the Lord this morning. So, Father, we just lift up our pastor to you. We are thankful for him. We know that greater is he that is in Pastor Glenn than he that is in the world, Lord. And we just pray, Father, for your healing touch this morning upon his body, from the bottom of his feet, Lord, to the top of his head. I pray that he would feel your holy presence. I pray, Lord, that your healing virtue would flow through his body, Lord. And, Lord, take away any infection in his body in Jesus' name. We thank you for doctors, and we thank you for medicine, but we know that you are the great physician. You're the creator of it all, Lord, and with one touch, you can heal his body and make it whole. And we believe for that today, Lord. We believe for your miracle touch today in Jesus' name. And Father, we, we lift up anyone in this room this morning who needs a touch from God too, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would meet with you here in this service, Lord, and we just pray and give you all the thanks and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you can open in your Bibles um, to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, I want to look at the story of blind Barnabas with you this morning. There's a man who was um, blind. He was a beggar. And um, he found himself by the roadside continually begging. That was his means of employment was crying out to passerbys. How many know that you can't hardly go anywhere in Madison without seeing somebody with a sign saying, you know, please help? And this was Bartimaeus. He was back then a form of that type of person who was just down and out, who needed um, help. He was blind. And it says here in verse 46 and says, now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude Blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. I want to stop here and just say that this man was known in the community. How many know that there's times in Scripture where, it'll, you know, Scripture will say like this person or this individual, um, but will not get, give a name. So by giving the name Bartimaeus and knowing whose son he was, means that he was a known person. He was a known beggar. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It says that many warned him to be quiet. They're like, come on, Bartimaeus, you're embarrassing us, you know. We know who you are. You know, you're, you're giving our, your, our town a bad name. If we could just put you on a bus and send you somewhere, you know, it's like, 
everybody that comes through, they got to put up with your crying out and asking and begging for money. Can you just be quiet? But he said, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. I love it. The city people, the people who are worried about protecting the city's image, be quiet. Shh, we have an important guest coming to town. Be quiet. Can't you just like go away? Here, I'll slip you a 10. Go get lost. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Aren't you glad that Jesus is not, he doesn't get caught up in titles and positions, but as we learned in, in the story and Jesus' baptism and crucifixion and resurrection and his whole 30 years in life as a carpenter and his last three years as a minister, a miracle worker, his what was his job description? His mission statement was to seek and to save those that were lost. He came for those who were bound, those who were blinded by religion. He came for those who were shackled. Then he warned him, be quiet, but he cried out all the more. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. So like, oh, Jesus, you, you want Bartimaeus? Hey, Bartimaeus, come here. I want to I introduce you to someone. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And so Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? I love that. You know, so often we are bound up. We are you know, burdened down and, and just overcome by anxiety and fear and about our situation and circumstances that Jesus just looks at us and says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? I want you to remember that. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And that word well in, in the Greek is sozo. He received sozo, healing. Mind, body, spirit, soul. The entire part of him was made well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Now I want you to go over to Luke chapter 8. 43, Luke chapter 8, 43 through 48, we find another woman who had an incredible need. Luke chapter 8, verse 43, it says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. 12 years. Bleeding. There's a lot of different speculation of what um, was wrong in her body.
But know this, she had went to doctors for 12 years seeking a cure for her condition. And no one could heal her. Isn't that crazy? I mean, like, she went to specialists. And the specialist referred her to another specialist. And so she went to that specialist. And that specialist was perplexed and sent her to someone else. And for 12 years, no one could heal her. You know, I think about a lot of people give their testimonies, and they, and they talk about, I, I went to Dr. Drug and did that, and that didn't work for me. And I went to Dr. Get Busy and Stay Busy. You know what I'm talking about? And I'll just work hard, and maybe I'll be able to forget what's going on in my life. And that doesn't work for you. And then you think, well, if I can just get away and go on a vacation. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? You know, you're just like, if I can just get away from this mess, if I can just take a break, that's what I need. I just need to go on vacation, and when I get back, everything will be different. How many have ever thought that before? You know, if I can just get away, take a sabbatical, get away, just check out from life, and get away, and when I get back, everything will be okay. Guess what? You get back home, you, you had a great time away, you're feeling rested, and, and you get back, and, and guess what's waiting for you on the doorstep of your home? The same burdens. Right? How many are with me this morning? If I can just get into, find the right man, if I can just find the right woman, then I'll be okay. Just get somebody that treat me better, you know, I won't be as lonely, I won't be as, as um, you know, just feeling left out. If I can just get, the, get in a relationship with the right person. And how many know that that doesn't always go right for, for people either? She went to doctors for 12 years, specialist after specialist after specialist. She probably reached her deductible plus some, come on. <laughs> but it says here in Luke chapter 8, I think it's in verse 44. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. There was one doctor she didn't try. There was one physician, the one that created her body, that she didn't cry out to. You know, there's a lot of people that come to church and they think, you know, I'll just give this church thing a try. And they come and you might even raise your hand at the end or come forward and ask somebody for prayer or attend a small group and expect something miraculously to take place. And sometimes it happens that way. But how many know that it's, it's a faith journey? It's a walk with the Lord. Verse 45, it says, who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, I didn't touch you. It wasn't me. Did you touch him? Nope. 
But Jesus said, someone touched me, and I know that power has gone out from me. That word power is dunamis. It's where we get our modern day word dynamite. Power, dynamite has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. You know, a lot of us worship, a lot of us pray. The question I ask myself and the question I ask you is, do we touch him? Do we touch him? Do we believe when we ask that we shall receive? Is our faith strong enough to cause power to be released so that we are made whole? Are you with me this morning? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shh, be quiet. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shh, be quiet. And he cries out even more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Wait, call him, tell him to come here. Jesus knew that he was blind. He was probably like, you know, trying to get to him. But he said, what do you want me to do for you? He could have said, you're blind, now you're healed. Go. But he asks us because he wants to hear it from our lips. He wants our faith to be involved in the process. I want to see not, oh, you know, I'll, I'll take a house or, you know, I'll, I'll take a dinner. I want to see. I want my sight. And then 12 years, 12 years of different doctors and specialists, and she reached out and touched his cloak and said, someone touched me. Remember. His mission statement was to seek and to save those that were lost. Jesus is looking for people that are real, with real needs. You don't have to be cleaned up. You don't have to already be seen. You don't already have to be all well. You just have to be real with a real need and real faith and cry out to the one who's got real power that can change your life. What do you want me to do for you? Go. Your faith has made you well. Power was released, healed, 12 years of a disease. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to do something different this morning. Just want to invite the worship team to come back. These two stories came to me when we were singing Tremble. When we got to the line and the, 
and he made the darkness tremble. Isn't that what he did for Bartimaeus? He made the darkness tremble. He caused fear to leave. Isn't that what he did for the woman with the issue of blood? He caused what brought her the greatest fear to leave her body. Dunamis power was released. Sozo power. Melissa, you shared this morning from Joshua chapter 10 about how God caused the sun to stand still. I don't know about you, but church on a Sunday morning just isn't about just getting together and shaking a few hands and going home and just checking it off the list. Our prayer as a pastoral team, why people get up early on a Sunday morning to set up a platform and chairs, why the individuals that are part of Kids Station work so hard to provide a great lesson and experience for the children, why we get together and, and pray before services um, starts is that you would experience the presence and the power of Christ. Because we could just be a social club. But Jesus sets it all apart from just being another social encounter. There's churches that are called church that don't even talk about Jesus. The pastors are either agnostic or atheists, and they just get together to spread what they call good vibes. They might even sing songs that don't mention God just to so you can have a feel-good experience. But ask the woman with the issue of blood if that helped her. <laughs> nope. There was only one. Blind Bartimaeus didn't need another handout. He needed his sight. You don't need to come to another small group. You don't need to attend another church service. You need a relationship with your father. The life changer. The one who said, I'm going to become flesh. And I'm going to become Emmanuel. And I'm going to dwell among them. I'm going to live among them. I'm going to feel what they feel. The pain, the suffering, the sickness. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. His disciples come and say, we're hungry. And he says, look at the fields, they're white with harvest. My food, the things that bring me sustenance are different from the things that bring you nutrition and sustenance. Some say four weeks and then the harvest, but I say the harvest is now. The harvest is now. It's not about just playing church. It's not about just going through the motions. And, and friends, I'm talking to myself this morning. 
It's about a vibrant relationship where you're plugged into the power source. Where you pray and you anticipate when you come together with the people of God that I'm going to go and I'm going to be encouraged and I'm going to be an encourager. And I'm going to minister to someone today. And if I get touched, if I meet with God, then that's just added bonus. We're a community of faith. We're a community of faith. And there are people like Tanya who gave her story who need grandmothers and they need spiritual grandmothers to love on them and to show them, hey, there's a doctor there's a physician that I want to introduce you to, and his name is Jesus. And he'll make all your pain go away. Father, I just thank you this morning for your presence that is in this place. I thank you, Father, for the journey that you've had us on. Lord, as we've walked through your word, as we've traveled with the Israelites, Lord, and the ups and downs of just the reality of a spiritual walk, Lord, that it's not always easy. We don't always, we're not always victorious. And about the real realization of, Lord, the times that we give up and we don't understand what you're doing and we throw in the towel and then you send a prophet. You send someone to be your voice and call us back to you. Then I thank you, Lord, that you said enough is enough and that you became flesh and you dwelt among us and you took all of our sin, all of our sickness, all of our pain upon the cross. You took it all, Lord. You bore the, the very things, Lord, that would have crushed us. You took it upon the cross in a perfect, sinless person. But Lord, you took, you became... <laughs> You became sin for us so that we could be free. And Lord, you were buried and put in the grave, but we thank you, Lord, that, that's, that you're not there anymore, that you are resurrected, Lord, that you sit at the right hand of the Father. And Lord, you still care about us. You're interceding on our behalf. And you promise where two or more are gathered together, agreeing together, coming together, Lord, that you are in our midst. So that means you're here right now in this place this morning. And you're at Lighthouse Church, and you're at all the other churches, Lord, throughout the city, throughout the United States, throughout the world, Lord. Your presence is moving. It's moving, Lord. Still crying out, still seeking to save those that are lost and apart from you. Still willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. Thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, I don't know every person that's here in this room, and, and I surely don't know all the burdens that each person has or brought with them into this place this morning. But I know that you do. And I know, Lord, that you are powerful enough to, to meet each person here this morning. 
And Lord, that you are a change breaker. You are a shackle breaker. Lord, you can do what 12 years worth of doctors can't do. I pray in just a moment, Lord, when we have a time of prayer, and as people approach you, Lord, and you ask, what do you want me to do for you? That they'll be honest and say, Lord, I want to see. Or Lord, I want this. Or Lord, I need this. And I pray that you'll touch them and that their faith will make them whole this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this song together. Tremble. And let's just really worship the Lord and cry out this morning and let God meet us here, okay? Let's do that together.